Go to securefreedomradio.org today. It's your freedom. It's your country. Frank Gaffney's Secure Freedom Radio. Welcome back and a welcome to a new guest to Secure Freedom Radio. I'm very pleased to say his name is Brahma Chalani. Uh, he is a geostrategist, a scholar, an author, a commentator from India. He has held uh, a number of distinguished academic uh, titles, as well as service in his own country's government. Among the former, he has been an affiliate with the International Center for the Study of uh, Radicalization at King's College London. Uh, he has also served as a member of the Policy Advisory Group, uh, sponsored by the Foreign Minister of India, and as an advisor to India's National Security Council. Um, Terrific to have him with us, and I look forward to a conversation with him about India's principal adversary, I believe, and certainly ours, namely the Chinese Communist Party. Um, Brahma Chalani, it's very good to have you with us, sir. Welcome. Well, thank you for having me. I was impressed by an article that you wrote recently um, for the Project Syndicate entitled 100 Years of Devastation. Uh, this is a sort of marking of the anniversary of a particularly odious event, it seems to me, namely the founding of the Chinese Communist Party. But you talk about something that I think has not gotten nearly the attention it really warrants, namely what the Chinese Communist Party has done over the past hundred years, particularly once it took control of uh, what became Communist China, of the environment. Um, talk a little bit, if you would, for starters, about what your country, among others, has experienced at the hands of the CCP's practice of building dams across the um, very important headwaters and, uh, and important tributaries of uh, major rivers for the entire Asian continent. The Chinese Communist Party's annexation of the water-rich Tibetan Plateau in 1951 effectively changed Asia's water map. No country has changed an entire continent's water map in one stroke the way the CCP did by annexing the Tibetan Plateau. And that gave China tremendous leverage over downstream countries because 10 of Asia's big rivers start from the Tibetan Plateau. So the Tibetan Plateau, which is now uh, part of what we call a captive nation of China, has the headwaters of uh, the Yellow River, the Yangtze River, among many others. And what the Chinese have done, um, ostensibly for the purpose of you know, generating power for their own country, is effectively a strategic attack, really, on the countries downstream, including yours in India. Um, what are the practical effects of that uh, on the people's in the affected nations? Well, let's look at the larger picture uh, first. Before the communists came to power, China had only 22 dams. Now it has more than 90,000 dams. Thus, thus, China has completed on average at least one large dam per day since the communists seized power in 1949. There are about 50,000 large dams in the world, and China alone boasts more than half of these large dams. So one country alone has more large dams than the rest of the world combined. That is a damn 
frenzy that the communists have, have engaged in. And they still persist with the stamp frenzy. They have, in fact, graduated to building mega dams, And they have gone from dam-saturated internal rivers of China to the international rivers, the lifelines of, of other countries that are located downstream, the countries of Southeast Asia, South Asia, Central Asia. About a dozen countries downstream depend on rivers that originate on the Tibetan Plateau. And these rivers have become the target of the Chinese Communist Party's dam builders. So, in other words, and I don't want words in your mouth, but it does sound as though the strategic aspects of this are very much on the minds of the Chinese Communist Party. It's not just about hydropower for domestic consumption. They understand that there will be knock-on effects for others. I, I just wanted you to, to talk a little bit about what kind of privation that results in, uh, the, the environmental damage for one thing, but also in terms of uh, agriculture and the livelihood of people downstream. The CCP's overdamming is wrecking environmental havoc on Asia's 10 major river systems that originate on the Tibetan Plateau. And this is uh, best illustrated by the Mekong River, which is the lifeline for continental Southeast Asia. Just before the Mekong enters Southeast Asia, China has erected 11 giant dams. And these are really, really massive dams that capture the water and give China a handle on the tap supplying the entire continental Southeast Asia. This makes the countries of Southeast Asia dependent on Chinese goodwill for their water. That really illustrates how China quietly has acquired tremendous leverage over the downriver countries with this new ability to turn off their tap. Furthermore, these uh, giant dams are affecting the quality, not just the quantity, the quality of water flows downstream. The water quality has been, you know, has become degraded and, and the river system itself uh, has suffered uh, as the Mekong Basin illustrates. So these giant dams upstream have a cascading effect downstream. They, they damage the ecosystem. They, they uh, cause uh, the delta uh, to retreat, they they trap the nutrient-rich silt on which agriculture and fisheries depend. So the dams really have this impact on downstream countries. It's a kind of environmental warfare, I would argue, um, if you look at the cumulative effects. And, and again, not to put too fine a point on it, I imagine that people who rely on the water, whether it's to um, you know, provide vital uh, nutrients as well as water itself to agriculture uh, or fisheries or the you know, various uh, uh, societies that are built on one or the other of those, it's, it's really quite um, devastating, is it not, to them as nations. And you're right, of course, that to the extent that the Chinese can uh, turn up or turn down the water, they, they may be particularly susceptible to um, Chinese extortion in effect. But even on a good day, it sounds as though the character of their ecosystems is being altered um, perhaps irreparably. 
Would that be fair? I think uh, the phrase that you use, environmental warfare, captures the sense of what's happening. The irony is that the Chinese Communist Party has seized on the international concern over global warming, justify its mega dam building spree. Even though giant dams damage ecosystems, they drive freshwater species extinct, they cause deltas to retreat, and serve as methane factories that emit in tropical zones greater greenhouse gases than even coal-fired uh, power plants. Today, the biggest threat... I'm sorry, say, say that again, Brahma, because that's, that's a, such a critical point. The irony is that the Chinese Communist Party has seized on the international concern of a global warming to justify its um, dam frenzy, even though giant dams damage ecosystems, they um, drive freshwater species extinct, they cause deltas to retreat, and serve as methane factories. Methane that factories. That's the point I was they, trying to get at. Yeah, that they, you know, these methane factories, dams are methane factories, these large dams, they emit in tropical zones greater greenhouse gases than, than coal-fired power plants. Um, this brings me to the, the next topic that I just wanted to visit with you quickly about, if I can. Um, China, despite its various commitments to reduce greenhouse gas emissions has continued, uh, perhaps not quite as aggressively, but approximately as aggressively in the building of coal-fired power plants as they have dams. And they are emitting enormous amounts of um, carbon uh, emissions and so on as a result. That is also affecting people who are not downstream in this case, but downwind, including the Western parts of the United States. Um, talk a little bit about the environmental havoc that's being wrought in that. The biggest threat to the environment in China and beyond is the Chinese Communist Party's monopoly on power. A monopoly on power that brooks no dissent and scorns international standards. And this impact extends across the Northern Hemisphere. Uh, several scientific studies have shown that uh, that the environmental degradation on the Tibetan Plateau, which is called the roof of the world, is affecting climate even in Europe. So far beyond, far beyond Asia, we are seeing the, the, the damaging effects of China's environmental policies. The fact that China really does not respect the environment. And, uh, and, and the paradox is that uh, the Chinese Communist Party, which is you know, going to be celebrating its 100th, 100th founding anniversary on July 1st, is also the most successful political party in modern history. It has ruled, it has ruled China continuously for more than seven decades, making it the longest serving political party in power in modern history. And, um, and, and you know, with the, with the 100th anniversary coming up on July 1st, the CCP is going to be entering the second century. Now, the first century has been so devastating, the second century could be even worse. Especially insofar as the clear ambitions of the Chinese Communist Party are to spread its misrule, its domination, its abuses, environmental and otherwise, literally worldwide. And I know India is very much in their crosshairs, as is the United States, of course. I appreciate so much the chance to visit with you about this, Brahma Chalani. It's a, a vital topic, I think, to both of our countries and indeed to people who love freedom worldwide. And we appreciate the chance to uh, talk with you. And I hope that you'll allow us to come back to you again soon for updates on this particular piece of the problem. But uh, 
but more broadly, uh, what the geostrategic threat of the Chinese Communist Party is. Thank you for your time today, sir. Come back to us again soon, if you would. I hope the rest of you will do the same again tomorrow. Same time, same station. Until then, this is Frank Gaffney. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to Secure Freedom Radio with Frank Gaffney.